What's going on, everyone? My name is Sean West, and I'd like to welcome you to Connect with West. On Connect with West, we are going to meet with people from all walks of life to share stories of their life, lessons they've learned along the way, and the process they took to get there. Uh, we think there's so much power and connection and, and curiosity, and our guest today is really a true story of that because before the final four this year, I had no idea who Asa Duvall was, uh, but through a mutual friend, J.J. Butler, uh, we were rooming together in the Airbnb and our friendship just took off from there. Uh, Asa Duvall is currently the graduate assistant coach at University of Pikeville. Uh, he did some time as a video coordinator at Tennessee State. He is the better half of Mind of a Coach. Shout out to Nate Moran. Uh, uh, Asa, my man, it's good to have you on the pod. How you doing, brother? Uh, dude, Sean, I am good, man. I am good. This is an absolute privilege, dude. I know when I when we met back in uh back in April, uh, man, we told you about what me and Nate had going on, and and I remember the first night meeting you, you and I have talked about it recently. Just one of the things you said was, uh, you know, you said transactional versus transformational. Uh, when it came to this coaching stuff. And and I just remember that stuck out to me. And I was like, man, all right, there's there's something here with this dude. And so we got to connect that whole that whole trip. Um, and we had you on the podcast, man. And it's just, you know, it's kind of it kind of just grown from there. Um, it's it, it, it's been cool, man. It, it's, it's been really cool. Um, like I said, getting, getting to know you that that whole weekend. I mean, it was that was my first time going to the final four. Um, yeah, mine too. And it, it was a it was a blast. Like I yeah. I mean, for you, since we're talking about the final four, did it live up to the hype for you from everything that you've heard? Uh, it, it did. It did. You know, it, uh, it, it did, man. I wanted to go down. I did exactly. You are. This is an exhibit A of why, you know, you go down to the final four. Right. Um, meet people, connect with different coaches. Um, and here we are, you know, five, six months later. Um, yeah. So I, I would say from from that. Yes, it absolutely did. I mean, everybody, every coach in the world was down there. Um, you walk down, you know, you see so-and-so coaching at, with, a, with, a, with a North Carolina shirt on, my, you know, just big-time people that you heard about, and they're just walking around New Orleans, you know, like, like it's a regular day. Um, and it's, it's, it's people that, are, you know, they're all in the same boat as we are. They're all in the same boat as we are. Um, and I think that was probably the coolest thing for me. On top of I had never been to New Orleans either, so it was my first Final Four, first trip to New Orleans. So I, got, I knocked out a couple things uh, all in one. Uh, but, dude, it, it, was a, it was a super fun experience, a super fun experience, and I cannot wait to go back. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, this upcoming year is in Houston, so we're going to have to try and get the same crew back into an Airbnb. Should be should be a good time. We got to keep our golf. We got to keep our golf, uh, our golf game rolling down there. Boy, got I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm hunting flag sticks next year. I've been working. <laughs> I've been playing once, twice a week. I've been hitting the range two, three times a week. I'm telling you, look, watch hey, out. Hey, watch you, out. you, hunt, you hunting flag sticks. I'm still hunting fairways, dog. I'm still hunting fairways. Shoot, my, man. My, I think my, you my, beat. I think you beat everyone. I think I did. I played okay that day. I played, I played. How about we rolled up to the golf course, man, and it's 18 holes. We don't know nothing about the course. And all of a sudden, the dude's like, yeah, there's 12 par threes on this course. I was yeah, like, 12 par threes. You want to break out your driver, right? Yeah, yeah. I need to break out the big boy at some point. But I only got to do it a couple <laughs> times that day. Well, hopefully Houston would be a good time. Uh, I think, like you said in the beginning, part of the reason why we were able to connect was – we both identify that within our business, there's so much transaction yeah. and we're transformational people. And, yeah. you know, I've thought about this like a lot over the last few months as I've been doing some reflection in like my own life of trying to give room 
for both sides because so so much of the time I'm closed minded and I've tried to be a lot more curious. And I'm not saying the wrong way. I just know the right way for me. And that yep. that's through, you know, transformation. And so for you, what's been your journey on why transformational relationships, transformational coaching is your philosophy? Yeah. Um <clears throat> It, it, yeah, it's funny because you, you do. You meet a lot of people that you can tell off the bat that they're more transactional. And then you can you meet a lot of people you can tell off the bat they're more transformational. And um, some of the things that I've learned from people is especially in this business is just is, is being authentic to who you are, being yourself, because people notice it and your players notice it all the time. Right. Um, and so I, I feel like I, I've tried to, you know, I, I've done a pretty good job of, of pe- people know that I'm I'm who I'm, I'm what I say I am. You know, when I when, when I'm when, when I when I'm when I meet somebody, when I'm talking to somebody, when I'm building a relationship with somebody, I try to just be upfront and, and, and honest with people. Um, and so I think in people, people can really sense that. And it, uh, coach uh, Brian Collins, my, who was my head coach at, at Tennessee State, he, that was his big thing. Authenticity, 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 because when it comes off, people people smell it. They know exactly what it is. And for me. It's it's just it that that way is easier to, to care about people. That way is easier than trying to than trying to just get something you know monetarily or or, or uh, materialist you know materialistically yep. out of somebody. Yep. Um, so it just it just kind of it just kind of it fits me more, man. It's just I like people. I like talking to people. I like learning. I love learning, man. I I don't read a lot of books, but like I read a lot. Um, and I, I I feel like you can you can pick some even if you listen. Like I listen to a ton of podcasts and it don't even have to be a sports podcast. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be somebody related to, uh, with sports. It could just be, you know, you can take a little bit of information from a lot of different, from a lot of different people, man. Like I was, I was thinking about it too, before we started talking, I'm basically a product of like four people. There's a lot of people, but like there's four dudes in my life that when you really break down who I am, I oh, hope you see, good. I hope you see these four people. And, and it's, it's my dad. It's Brian Collins. I've known Brian Collins since I was in the fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade. Um, it's Mario Moore. Mario Moore, Nashville guy, played at Vanderbilt, one of Vanderbilt's best players ever. Um, he was instrumental in my basketball career. And then a, a guy named Sam Way, um, who was, you know, those, I met him when I was in, at church in like the second grade. And he, you know, all these guys were older than me, but I was obviously my dad older. But, you know, I was able to hang around them and watch them from a young age and kind of see how they operated. Two of them, three of them played college basketball. One dude wasn't athletic at all. Two of them are white, two of them are black. And Sean. Two of them are gay and two of them are straight. So like, I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, there's all these people in my life from a gazillion different backgrounds. And I try to pick the best things that I can from, 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 from people that I meet. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of where it came from, man. I'm not, I'm, I'm a product of other people, dude, of, of the amazing people that, that have been putting my life throughout, throughout this journey. And I think that's amazing because that speaks to like the diversity of your experience. When you have people from all different walks of life, it allows you to get yourself out of a bubble and mm-hmm. like most people that like really know me know my friend group and one of my best friends is a black trans woman yeah. and most like and i i'm open about mrs ronnie taylor because yep. she has taught me so much about life and i think box you miss out on so many blessings so, and I, I still remember the first time I met Ronnie and she came up to me at the at the holiday party and she just connected. And you could tell that she had such a genuineness in her approach of just wanting to know my story and how I got to hood. And I thought that was super valuable because outside of 
athletics. That's really the only people that I interact with a little bit of admissions. Yeah. And, you know, so I, I think that's so amazing about you talk about like your four different people, yeah. different perspectives of life, different lifestyles, different backgrounds. Um, and it's crazy how all of that shapes what, what would you say out of those four men? What's like something that you feel like that they all had a common theme that you've applied to your life? Yeah, it was, um, I, I would say there was a, there's a lot of compassion. They, 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 they all of them encompass a, a lot of compassion. They all had, they all have a drive too. They all have a drive. And, and there's one, there's one other thing I'm going to throw in there too, that kind of goes along with this and back to my dad, my dad, um, my dad, when black, when blockbuster was still a thing, he, he'd go to blockbuster, he'd come home. He said, Asa, he said, I got some fights with this guy named Muhammad Ali. He said he used to be named Cassius Clay and turned into a fighter. Now he's Muhammad Ali. And you just gotta, you gotta watch these, you gotta watch these videos of this dude fighting. And I just remember at like a young age, I remember watching those, those videos of Ali walking, you know, walking in a crowd and I'm the greatest and I'm the greatest and I'm going to, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to beat him. And I'm so fast that I turn the lights off and be in the bed before the lights off. You know what I'm saying? And I just remember thinking like, man, whatever that is, like, I need that. I like, I don't know. It, it, obviously it was confidence in it, but I was like, whatever that is, like, I need part of that. And so all those dudes that there was, there was drive in them, but they were also confident in all that they did. So I, I tried to, to carry that with me, no matter how big or small it is. I try to be just be, be confident, I try to be headstrong, be confident in everything that, that I got going on and when, what I'm putting my head towards. Um, and so I think I think it's it's things like that that stick out to me. You know, they, they introduce you to other people. You learn different things from from other people then. But I would say, man, drive, love, compassion and confidence. Dog. I think that's I think that's wonderful because like, I was listening to another podcast recently. Uh, Jay Shetty was talking about like our strengths and weaknesses and how we know our weaknesses so well that we we have a stranglehold on them. But we do not appreciate our strengths enough. Mm-hmm. And I love that you say confidence because I think it's really important to own what we're great at. And mm-hmm. that it's not even coming off as a Richard head. Like if you're great at something, like you should own that. Why do we need to wait for others to sing? our praises and it's not to say like coming off like oh i'm this i'm the best i'm this it's like no like i bring value here and i want to bring value to your life and like you know i think for both of us one the ability to connect like you're you have a an amazing podcast at mind of a coach and hopefully i could build this into a, a really cool podcast that people can see value in um and I think like really owning our strengths and allow and also empowering people to own their strengths would be such a, a wonderful gift that we could give the world. Um, you know, and I think like that confidence translated for you in your own journey, like you're a, a top 75 shooting guard in the nation coming out. of <laughs> You was given buckets at Hargrave. Uh, so basketball has been a big part of your life, your entire life. Talk to me a little bit about your basketball journey and where you went from high school to college to why you got into coaching. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, basketball has been, basketball is the only thing. The short answer is the reason I'm coaching now is because it's really the only thing I know and about the only thing I can do. Um, man, my, my dad, my, my dad was a huge influence on basketball. I remember um, when I was like five or six years old, I, I want, you know, you always want your dad to be your coach. So I came in one day and I said, Hey dad, you know, will you be my coach. And I'm five or six years old. And, and he said, he said, yeah, he said, but you have to learn how to do a left-handed layup first. And I went out that day, Sean, and I learned on my own how to do a proper left-handed layup at five or six years old. 
Um, and so my dad was my coach that year. He was coach, for, you know, a couple of the years after that. But man, I just remember like it was something I like rap music, too. All right. I like I, I'm a huge avid rap listener. The first rap song I ever heard was Lose Yourself. And I heard it and I just said, man, like this is this it, it hooked me. It hooked me. And basketball and rap were kind of they kind of synonymous. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it was just something about like the feeling of being in a gym, shooting a basketball here on the switch, go through the net. Um, it, it, basketball's cool. Like we're talking, we're cool dudes. Like it's, we're a, it's a different breed. It, it truly is a different breed. And so I remember like I always played basketball, always loved it. Um, when I was in, after my eighth grade year, I was, I was really kind of starting to like it. And I played for uh, the Tennessee A game. And ironically, Mickey Allen, um, who's from, he's a Nashville guy, played football at the University of Tennessee. He is now the athletic director at Tennessee State. And he has been the past uh, few years while I was there. And Mickey Allen was my eighth grade AAU coach. And it was that team that like, I really, I really fell in love with basketball. That is like the moment where I look back and I'm like, yo, that was the year that like, I, I truly knew what, like I was in love with it. I, I wasn't, I was committed to it. I was married to it. This was, this, I was going, I was going to do this thing. Um, and, and, you know, going from there, I go to Bruin Academy my freshman and sophomore year, had a, had a, had a decent year, my freshman year, had a not so good year, my sophomore year. Um, I went to, uh, uh, changed high schools. I went to public high school in Brentwood called Brentwood high school. Um, uh, had a, had a good junior year. I actually didn't think I was going to be able to play my junior year, uh, up until, uh, um, up until the, the season started. And so what had happened was they had told me when school started, I wasn't going to be able to play. So I had two options, right? I could either, I could either shut it down. Hey, I'm not going to be able to play this year or. I could keep grinding, keep working, keep going through the workouts, the team stuff, like, you know, like I was supposed to. And so that's what I did. And come to, and the whole time thinking I'm not going to be able to play. After the first game, the day after our first game, they, they came up to me. They, they T.W. Blake came back and they're like, hey, we, we, we reviewed the board. We reviewed your stuff and you're allowed to play. And so I was immediately allowed to play from then on. Um, and so it was just one of those things that I was, I was, I was prepared for, I, you know, I didn't think it was going to come, but it was. And so I, we had a good junior year. Um, and then my senior year, we made it to the, uh, the state tournament for the first time in school history. Uh, coach King was my, was our coach. He had been there for 30 years, had never been to the state tournament. Um, got to take him, uh, to his first state tournament appearance, man, which was, which was an un, unbelievable experience. Um, I was actually committed. I committed on, uh, on the first day of my senior year to Stetson university. Um, uh, in Florida to play for Casey Alexander. Fast forward, come May, right before graduation, Casey leaves to take the Lipscomb job. Well, I grew up a Belmont fan. My dad went to Belmont. I was born and bred to hate Lipscomb. I mean, absolutely hate them. So I go to, so I decide, I, I'm like, I can't go to Lipscomb. And I go to Hargrave Military Academy. And actually, uh, right now I'm, I'm sitting in my office. There's another GA here, Hunter Sheldon. He was at Hargrave the year after me. So it, this whole thing is a small world, dude. Um, and, uh, I go to Hargrave, uh, play for AW Hamilton. Um, and you know, after I, I, that was my first time really being away from home. I didn't want to leave Nashville, like necessarily I was okay with getting out of there, but I, I wasn't just dying. I love that city. Like, like I don't have a kid yet, but I love Nashville. Like I love my firstborn child. Um, I, I, I've said that for a while. I'm, I'm serious when I say that. that's how much I love that city, dude. That's how much that city means to me. Um, and so, you know, I, I go to Lipscomb and, and it was, it, basketball, I, basketball did not go anything as I had planned. I didn't have a good, I did not have a good career on the court. I think the most points I ever scored was seven. Um, I tore my ACL my junior year. I tore my other one my senior year. But my 
my senior year, we had, we had a really good team. Garrison Matthews, uh, obviously in the NBA right now, he was an incredible college player. He was finally, he was coming into form. Uh, Eli Pepper, Rob Marbury, Nate, Nate was, Nate was an incredible college basketball player. His hips, his hips failed him too, um, you know, towards the end, but he, Nate was an incredible college basketball player. And dude, we, we made an NCAA tournament and actually coach Casey asked me this on, on the podcast. He kind of, or Nate asked me this, actually, he kind of asked like, what was a cool moment I had with a, I had with a coach and, I'm, I'm in my crutches. I got my knee brace on. You know, I didn't even play in the game, but I'm I'm crawling up on that ladder. I'm, I'm cutting down the net. And I remember just like Casey came up to me and kind of like hugged me. Right. But he looked at me and Casey's not a super emotional dude, but he just kind of looked at me and we just kind of looked at each other. And I've known and like I think I said this, I've known Casey, you know, since I was in the coach Alexander, since I was in the fifth or sixth grade. And he just kind of looked at me and it was like all those. And it just felt like it was all those years. They finally just came to fruition, like right there. And it was it was a, it was such a cool moment, dude, because until that moment, I had kind of forgotten that, like, the only goal was to ever make an NCAA tournament. That was it. That was my only goal. It, it, I, yeah, I wanted to play for as long as I could. I would love to have made some money. But the only goal was to make an NCAA tournament, whether or not I played. It didn't matter to me. I don't care. The team, the team got there. We won. We made an NCAA tournament. Um yeah, man, that's that's kind of that's kind of my basketball story. The plan, the plan part didn't end didn't end like I wanted it to, but I, I said I said it I said it before at the at the senior uh, you know luncheon or whatever we had at, at the end of the year. I said it didn't go anything as I planned, but it couldn't have gone any better. Man, so we'll we'll get to that in a second, but I <laughs> I just want to talk a little bit on how it seems. Got to plug our podcast because what I love to say about like connection is like it's the greatest gift we've ever been given and like you're you're working with a dude that you went to hargrave with yep you committed to a, a coach that you previously committed under yep. to go play after your your postgrad like yeah and then to be able to share that moment with him through the down times and the good times and just to be able to look after you cut down that net we climb the mountain and that that's something to celebrate because like it gives me chills because I think when we talk about like transformation, like that, that's what it's about. And, um, you know, I think that's really cool. Like I look at how we recruit at Bernathan yeah. and I would say out of our roster, 70% are dudes I had previous relationships with. Yeah. I mean, wow. one of our starters years old. and he's a father and he's a great father and he's getting his degree you know we have a, a kid that just you know that's coming in this year that i recruited him when i was an assistant coach at hood college and he transferred here and like it's just cool to see those to see those moments and yeah, you know you you were cold you were cold in high school in your post-grad year and, and so like i wanted to ask you like obviously you not go to what you wanted and I like your perspective at the end, and, and we'll circle back to that. But how how was that for you in the moment where you might not have played as much as you would have hoped and been as productive as you had hoped your freshman, sophomore year, and then junior, senior year, you get hurt. Yeah. So, like, how how did you process that in the moment, like, while you were in the forest? Yeah. Um, man, I, it was – like, like I kind of just said, I, I, I just wanted to win. I wanted to be a part of a winning team. And I'll find my role. I always, I always try to tell people like, don't, don't try to fit in. Like, don't, don't try to fit in, just fit in, just be yourself and fit in 
and, and find your role. You got to be good at knowing your role. You might not like whatever role that is, but there's there's one there and you got to fit into it regardless of the circumstances. You, ha- you have to. And I just I love the dudes I was playing with. I believed in what the coaches had going on. And it wasn't that hard for me to, to clap and cheer and stand up when when my teammates would, would do, you know, producing on the floor when I couldn't. That wasn't that hard for me. It just it, it just never was because all that mattered to me was being a part of, of, of being a part of and around winners. Um, so when, like when things individually, you know, whether you, if, even if I'm playing, I'm going to miss some shots, Sean, I'm going to miss some shots. I'm going to turn the ball over. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to miss an assignment on defense. So you don't hang it. You know, you, you got to move on to the next play in those circumstances too. So if I'm not in the game, it's, it's no different. It's no different, man. There's still things you can add to it. I don't know if anybody ever listened to me. They probably didn't listen to me on the bench, but I was, I mean, man, I, I, I can tell you this. I was yelling. I yelled my ass off. I was a yeller. I was a clapper. You were going to hear me at least. You were going to hear me. And so it just, it it wasn't that hard, man. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that hard to, and like I said, it probably helps that we had such good dudes and just great guys on the team. It's every single one of those dudes, it was easy to root for. Every single one of them were. What do you appreciate most aside from the fact that you guys were able to climb the mountaintop as a group? But what did you appreciate most about your journey individually from where you came in as a first year to where you ended as a senior, as you look back and be like, man, I grew and I'm, I'm better for it. Cause like you even say like, it's not how you wanted it to go, but it's absolutely yeah. what you needed. So what is like the, the, the best thing that you learned through those four years? Um, okay. I'm going to, that's a good question. Great question, Sean. Goodness. That's a great question. Um, now that I am doing what I'm doing, I'm really happy that I played for who I played for. Um, that's probably more that a little bit. Story. Yeah. Um, I think Casey Alexander has has got it figured out when it comes to basketball, and not that he's a bad relationship coach because he's not. He can, I know I know to this day he cares about me, but I just when it comes to basketball that he's he's got it he's got it figured out. And so now like he was his big thing was excellence, right? Excellence and together. And I think I kind of have a good foundation for how to be excellent when it comes to to leading a program or when it comes to you know, even running the practice when it comes to setting up a locker room, when it comes to, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. Like, I think I got a good, a really, one of the, one of the best foundations you can have for, for excellence playing under him. That's probably the thing that I, you know, you, you don't appreciate it as much while you're playing. And I don't even know, I probably never told Casey that like that. I don't even know if he knows that, but that, but that's, that's the truth. I think about like my college career and I would have hated to coach me. I mean, <laughs> I just think back, like, I never lifted a weight. <laughs> I never lifted a weight. See, I the weight room, the weight I room would, was, I kind of like the weight room. I would run myself in the shape. And look, I was competitive. I was I was a dog. I said, any one of my coaches, I can get Luke. Luke Gibbs is going to be a guest on this. He, he can speak to it. I was I was a dog and I was competitive. But, man, I I didn't work a ton on, on my game at all yeah. and like yeah. I, I think back now you know wish i could have you know because you only get so many games yep you and do. even like my senior year i got hurt and i played hurt the entire year because i i couldn't i couldn't red shirt i couldn't get right. a, a, a medical red shirt and i wasn't going to i wanted to graduate on time and my senior did not go quite as and mm-hmm. you just miss out on on opportunities when you when you're not present and then i think about you know, when I'm coaching my players now and I'm trying to get them into the weight room, I got a kid, his name is Jamal Kennedy Jr. Yeah. Cold. 
cold. He's he's a freshman. He's gonna score a thousand points this year. He's gonna as a sophomore, he's gonna get to a thousand points. Like he is, he's tough, and I think he's got a chance like to to play overseas. I really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm telling him like, gotta get into the weight room. Like you gotta go from baskets to being a hooper, and then you gotta get from going to be a hooper to being a pro. And it's not enough just yeah. to like get shots up on a gun. Like you gotta, are you sleeping? Are you eating right? Are you getting to the weight room? And I think now that we do what we do, we can appreciate the stuff that we might not have taken as much appreciation to when we were players. And if you appreciate the weight room, I didn't appreciate the weight room. Yeah. You know, but I appreciate competitiveness, but did I appreciate all the process? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's interesting. So like, what did you do after graduation? Did you go straight to Tennessee state or what was your path? Oh my gosh, dude. Back. So remember when I said like this coaching is about the only thing I know how to, how to do. Yeah. I had a real job. I had a real job. I got, I got hired by this company called Ryan homes. Uh, it's a production uh-huh. building company. Uh, <laughs> it's, in, <laughs> it's, it's in, you know, they're, they're all over like the Southeast now they're in Virginia, kind of a little bit up North. And so I got hired in like the end of May started. And by February I got fired. I got let go. Um, and, you know, at the time, like I was really mad. I was super mad about it. Um, I, I, you know, the, the person that hired me got fired a few weeks, a month after I got there. So like, you know, this new dude coming in from up north and he's got kind of like a coach leaving, you know, and, and yeah. taking away, you know, a new coach coming in, taking away a scholarship for a kid that had already been there. Um, but also, Sean, like looking back, I didn't want to do that. I, I was not ready to wake up every day and like say I want to do that for the rest of my life. I can't do nothing that I don't want to do. Yep. Like, I, I just, I, I don't, something's wrong. I just can't, like, I, I really can't. And I wasn't ready, I, I wasn't ready to do that, man. And so I got fired in February. I binged Game of Thrones, uh, finally, during that time. I, I started, I, t- I started taking real estate classes. Um, I was going to try to get my real estate license. And then, so this is now, you know, this is on the, the year after I graduated, that next May, I don't have a job, you know, I, I don't have a job. Um and then all of a sudden, man, the summer goes by. I'm, I'm still doing, I'm taking a little real estate classes. I actually failed my real estate test the first time. I'm a terrible test taker. I never study. Um, I, I, I like to think I prepare for things, but I'm just, when it comes to classes, as, as I'm starting graduate school right now, right? This is a, I'm, I'm making a great case for myself. Um, but man, I, I was sitting at a pool one night, hanging out, and uh, and I was talking to some people at my pool at my place, and they asked, they were asking about basketball and you know, what do you want to do? I said, you know, I would, I would love to have played. Um, that didn't work out. I said, I think I want to coach. I, I would like to kind of stay. I was coaching the national program at the time. Um, I thought that was kind of really it. You know, it was fun to stay around it. I didn't, I hadn't really looked into college and I get a call one night from uh, my, one of my best friends, Josh Lester, um, known him since the fifth grade as well. Um, his dad and my dad are best friends, wonderful people. You get a call and he's like, Hey, Ace, and we texted a lot, but it, it, we didn't talk on the phone at the time. So to get him this call, I was like, yo, is something wrong like with the family? Like, is it going to be okay? And uh, he leaves me a voicemail, says, hey, just want to talk to you about life. Da, da, da. He had moved up to Cincinnati Christian. And he says, he says, well, hey, you know, I said, yeah, man, congratulations. You're doing your thing. Uh, he says, well, look, he said the head coach just stepped down because he's a softball coach as well. And he named me the head coach. I said, man, dude, what, what an opportunity. That's awesome. He said, yeah, he said. I need a, I need an assistant coach. And he said, you want to come be my assistant coach? And I like I looked at the phone. I was like, yo, are you sick? Like, are you really at, are you sick? You want me to come? You want me to come up there and be your assistant coach? And so I was actually working with my dad at the time uh, on this house, this, this house project we had going on. 
So I got to, I, I went to work the next morning with my dad. He said, Hey, did, uh, did, did Josh call you last night? I said, yeah. He said, um, well, what do you think? I said, I mean, I kind of want, I'm kind of interested. He said, all right. He said, go home, change your clothes, drive up to Cincinnati. So I went up there, drove to Cincinnati, hung out with Josh, met the players, saw the school. Um, and I, you know, I called my parents later that weekend. That was like a Friday. I called my parents later that, that Sunday. And I said, Hey, I'm moving up to Cincinnati. Um, and so I did, that was in, I was in August and then the school shuts down October 28th, <laughs> about a couple months after I got there. So I was right back in Nashville and credit to Penny actually. So Penny gives me a call the night when he found out and he said, Hey, look, he said, I ain't got no money for you, but he said, if you want to come be our video coordinator, you can. I said, all right. I said, I get gear. He said, yeah. He said, I said, I get to travel. He said, yeah. I said, I said, I get to, I get to be on the staff and everything. He was like, yeah. I said, all right, I'm in. So that's what I've been doing for the last three years, man. And then, uh, you know, it was time for a new opportunity. Um, and now I'm in Pikeville. Now I'm in Pikeville as a graduate assistant back to school. What I just talked about, <laughs> I'm not a good studier. Man, but I'm not young anymore, dude. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm old. I was always old for my age. So I, I, I do, like I said, I like learning. I, I, I really do enjoy learning. And, and so, you know, I have a different perspective than I do if I was going into grad school, you know, right after, right after, uh, right after undergrad. I think that story is amazing. I really do because like I I really do believe Ace that what is meant for you will never miss you. Yeah. And sometimes there are doors that close and there's a reason for it. And yeah. you never know why. Like you never know what's gonna happen. It takes a little while. Like as you climb the the as you summit the mountain one yeah. step at a time and you take a look back and you can see like the progress and like getting fired from Ryan things to happen to you. Man, I wouldn't be coaching if I didn't. Tear, I wouldn't be coaching both your ACLs. Your junior senior year probably was a blessing for you to be able to understand how to keep a bench engaged, to be able mm -hmm. to pick up on the nuances of coaching. And you don't know how that will ever serve you. No. And like I just I think that's amazing. So I believe that there's doubt on the journey. I think everyone experiences self-doubt. I think that's a real thing and it's something that we shouldn't run from. I think we should lean into it because it allows us to identify you know, continue to hone in on our why, how, how did you experience any doubt along the way? And if you did, how did you combat that? And if you didn't, what did you do to stay true? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I would say I, doubt, doubt's a doubt. I don't know if doubt is the word, but I I've certainly have been angry at, at, at situations. I, I, mm -hmm. I was angry about the Cincinnati situation, dude. I got up there, man. I had a, I mean, I was angry about that. I was angry about getting fired. I was angry about the Cincinnati situation. Um, I, I, I'm getting better at it, but I was I still am at times. It hits me. I'm there. Sometimes I'm angry about uh, the way my college career went. That's kind of why I want to coach too, so I can. I, I like, all right, look, I got to prove y'all something. Like I, I got to prove the. I know. I either know I couldn't play it that well, but maybe I can. Maybe I can teach it a little bit. Um, so I, you know. Like, you know, we talked about confidence earlier. That's what when when you that's why I didn't say yes when you said doubt, because like I always tell people, I'm like, I'm not arrogant, but I'm like delusionally confident. Like I just believe, like I believe that if I put my mind something, I can I can do pretty much anything. Um so I, you know, when I, you asked how how do you how did you stay true? Um man, it when I tore my ACL, it was I always remember telling like hey, how you doing? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. You know, it's just one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time. And so when things aren't going your way, one, don't think about yourself. Don't worry about the circumstances. Your circumstances are always going to change. And two, um, what did I just say? Yeah, two, um, what did I just say, Sean? I'm drawing a complete blank. You said to, that when 
your circumstances, like you just stay true. Like you, you when things don't go in your right. way, you just continue to continue the, to go. The one, the one, the one day at a time thing. The one day yeah. at a time thing. Man. Every day is not Christmas. Every day is not Christmas. Um, I think uh, I, when things aren't going your way, if you're doubting something, if you're angry about something, I think you just gotta you gotta put your head down. You gotta put your blinders on, and and you truly gotta take it one day at a time. And you gotta do whatever 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 the task is whatever the task at hand is that day. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big proponent of one day at a, at a time, man, because that's that's after college, 25 to 30 is a weird time and it's hard to see way down the road. So why why am I going to sit here and even try to I, one thing I believe nothing ever goes according to plan. So I can sit here. I can nothing ever goes according to plan. That doesn't mean it goes worse. Doesn't mean it goes worse, but nothing ever goes according to plan. And um, I just. You know, I could sit here and stress about the, thing, the things I can't control, but control what you can control, dude, and take it one day at a time. It's okay. It's 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 all right. Don't don't stress about things you can't control. I think that's a that's probably what I what I should have been saying is control what you can control. Really, when you yeah. start doubting things, because really doubt is is most of the time things you can't control. Yeah. No, I think and like what what I've realized with doubt and fear is things absolutely but it's kind of irrational like we're catastrophizing things when we actually know what it is and you know when i was going through it this year with my team you know we jj butler who's the guy that connected us mm -hmm. uh, he and i would talk a ton and we, we talk about stacking days and yeah. you know not every day has to be a home run nope. you know if you swing for if you swing for the fences you might strike out a little bit but if you hit a single and you just consistently just get on bait yep just get on base, stack base, stack good days. Yep. You know, just yep. give yourself an opportunity. And yep. I really like that mentality. Um, I have in my social media bios, uh, stacking days. Um, yep. I have some affirmations on my board in my office about just staying present and, and living a day, living just a daily approach. Yep. Right. Every every day is a new opportunity to to really make an impact and, and to just absorb the energy and to really put your vibration out there. And, and so I, yeah. I love that for you. Um, I guess like now that you're here and I, I love that you said like at 25 to 30, it's always, it's a shit show. It's man. It's, it's, man. it's, it's a, and so, and you know what, credit to Josh bone, Josh bone, who was the director of basketball operations. I know Josh bone since I was, since I was super young, I watched him play. He, he said to me one time, and it was actually before I was at TSU, I went to when Penny had his first, you know, Penny had practice little deal. A uh, little fundraising thing. I went and I remember Bone telling me he was like, he said, you know, hey, that time after he said, let me know if you ever need anything because he said that time is after college. It's it's weird. It was a tough time for me. And man, I'll be damned if he wasn't telling the truth. Yeah, it, it, it's like, but that's it. I remember coming out of. I told you this on your podcast. Like coming out of high school, I was supposed to be in the police academy, and yes. I was to, you know going to the FBI, and and you know that was a guaranteed salary, and I, I passed it up to coach at Harvard $500. And I still remember my dad. He said, you're an effing idiot. And I said, pop, <laughs> I'm a bet on myself. I'm gonna give it five years. If I don't like where I'm at in five years, I'll, I'll go back. I'll re-enroll and it'll be fine. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of the greatest decisions of my life because I knew that my why was to impact inspire lives. And I knew, but I didn't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And sports had always been a big doors and, you know, basketball just happened to be my favorite sport. And like, I love coaching basketball, yeah. but 
it's not the basketball for me. It's right. more about the relationships and being able to impact and, you know, allow, you know, my guys to see the best versions of themselves and empower them. And I know that you have that, that same type of heart, um, you know, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast, I do this little segment, um, fire, you know, so we're gonna ask five questions. Yeah. Right, right. One word to one sentence. One word right. to one sentence. All right. One word to one sentence. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Here we go. All right. Favorite movie. Oh, favorite movie. Uh, so I got I gotta pick one. I'm a huge movie buff, by the way. I'm 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 a huge I'm like a huge movie dude. There are four things in this world that I'm that I'm pretty sure I can t- I feel confident taking anybody to court, and it's music, movies, sports, and shows. I absolutely love movies. So, I, the Prestige. Good one. Very good. All right. Uh, last song you listened to. Uh, so, all right. I have no subscriptions right now at all because the way my bank account is set up, I can't afford to have just monthly withdrawals. So I don't have Spotify or anything. Uh, the last song I listened to, um, oh my goodness. It was, uh, Sean, I'm going to, I'm going to have to pull. It was, Hunter, what have I listened to, Doc? Have I listened to any, have I listened to anything recently? <laughs> it was, it was, it was J. Cole. It was, I'm, it was J. Cole. It was J. Cole grown Simba. You listen to the new Rye Wave? I have not listened to the new oh, Rod Wave. It's no. cold. You I know what? You know what? It, it was J. Cole, but it wasn't Grown Simba. I've been listening to the, the Bia J. Cole song, London. Okay. That song is a banger. One rule for the entire world to live by. What would that rule be? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Um, hang on. Give me a second. Pineapple should not be allowed on pizza. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. That's a lot of power. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, I mean, I, you know, not that I want to control the fate of the world or anything, but that's not like, I feel like that's not going to, you know, mess things up too bad either way. Like, I'm sure there's people that's I do agree that, that pineapples do not belong on pizza. So I would be a supporter of that rule. Yeah. It's banana peppers all day, dog. Uh, Best advice you've ever been given? Um, this is probably more of like a, more of a philosophy. So I, it's amazing what can happen when no one cares who gets the credit. Love it. Love yeah. it. Who told you that? Or, or who was the first person really instill that into you? I learned that my, I played my last year of AAU. So here's another, here's another little story for you. My, uh, I played AAU in high school with this team called the Tennessee Travelers after, so, you know, obviously three, you know, you got after your freshman, sophomore, three. So Mm -hmm. the first two years of AAU, I played with the Tennessee Travelers. Well, after that year, so before the seventh, they said, you know, y'all aren't good enough. You can't come back and play for us. Y'all don't have, you don't have a spot here. So now I'm going to, I'm going to my last year, junior year, you know, I don't really have an AAU team. Well, team Nashville comes along. And uh, they they allowed me to play for them, and it was, it, it at the time it truly was the best players in Middle Tennessee. We, I mean, we really had all of the, and it's really the last time I think that it's happened. We had the best players in Middle Tennessee, dude. And like we weren't, what made us so good was that I mean we beat everybody. Like we 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 went to a tournament, Sean, one time, and we they had a mercy rule where if you were up by twenty at the end of at the uh, if you were up by twenty with four minutes left in the game, they called the game. 
and we mercy ruled five out of the six teams, including the championship game against the Garner Road Bulldogs when they had Anton Gill. Um, anyway, I, we what what I found out was that like, <clears throat> although we weren't the same players, everybody picked up where the where the other person left off. So where where Corn wasn't as good at shooting, I came in. Where 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 Jamonte lacked in speed, Corn uh, could pick up in speed. Where where maybe Jamonte wasn't as good of a passer, D- Darius Thompson was a was a, you know what I'm saying. Where every somebody dropped off, the next person was just able to pick up, and none of us cared. Corn Elder could have played. He could have played AAU for anybody in the country. He ended up, play, he ended up playing football at my uh, University of Miami. Um, he could have played Darius Thompson, went to Tennessee and then uh, Western and then Virginia. Like there were some great basketball players on that team, but and they could have gone anywhere, but they didn't because they they didn't care about the credit. They wanted to win. They wanted to win too. So I think that was really like that was probably the moment where I like it, it really it's a, it's a, it's incredible what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit. Love that. Love that. All right. What is the uh, worst advice you ever been given? <laughs> worst advice I've ever been given? Yep. Oh my gosh, these are tough, Sean. These are really tough. Um. Oh my goodness. Worst advice I've ever been given. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna try to come up with something in the next five seconds. Uh. Oh my gosh. You know. I, Sean, I'm drawing a complete blank. I think, you know, I probably have like, if somebody gave me bad advice, I probably just wrote them off and didn't, and didn't pay a lick of attention to it. Or, oh my gosh, what's the worst advice I've ever been given? Um, Sean, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry to your listeners out here, but I, I, I'm trying to wrap my brain and I can't, I can't come up with anything. Um, dessert first, dessert okay. first. Okay. Dessert first. Nice little fun one. And this is very inside to our Airbnb. Better teammate, Nate Moran or JJ Butler? <laughs> okay. All right. I got to tread lightly with this one. <laughs> now, I'm not... <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate was a little, Nate had a little bit more, not the JJ, J- JJ, JJ. Why? JJ didn't play. I, sorry, Nate. I think if 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 Nate Nate needed to play, I think Nate 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 really needed to play, and he should have, and he he deserved. He's gonna kill me for this. Oh my gosh, he's gonna absolutely kill me for this. JJ was yelling, and not that Nate wasn't. Not that Nate wasn't. And I feel so bad about this. I'm just gonna say JJ. I'm just gonna say JJ. I love it. <laughs> I love it. JJ, Nate, you're going to be sent this clip. Uh, oh, my gosh. Asa, man, I so appreciate the time. Uh, if you could let my listeners know what you have going on, where they can find you. Uh, you have an amazing podcast. Go ahead and plug your podcast. Um, well, dude, hang on. Before I go, before I get on to me, dude, thank you. Hey, to your people listening that are from your area, from up north where you're from, support, uh, support Sean's podcast, please. He's got a good thing going on. He's he's dope, man. He's going to have some incredible people on here. Support it. it. Tell people. Tell your friends. Tell your people that you don't like. Tell people that whatever. Support what Sean's got going on, man. Um, I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah, so me and Nate have been doing this podcast for about two years now called Mind of a Coach. It's actually Nate's idea. Um, and so he, 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 but he's kind of given me some freedom to kind of rock a little bit. Um, we come out with an episode, try to come out with an episode every week. 
Um, normally we have a, either former player, a former coach, current coach. Try to have a current coach on there every week. Um, so you can check that out, Mind of a Coach. Uh, that's on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Instagram is at Mind of a Coach. Twitter is at Mind of a Coach Pod. Uh, you can find myself on uh, Twitter at Coach Ace of Spades. That's S-P-A-D-E with a Z on the end. Um, and you can find uh, I'm on Instagram at the Ace of Spades with a Z on the end. Uh, man, that's about it, dog. That's, that's about it. And then I guess, you know, you can keep up with the uh, University of Pikeville men's basketball this year, too. Love it. Love it. Well, look, man, good luck at, at you, Pike. I know we're going to be rapping. Uh, when opportunity knocks, we're going to answer that door, my friend. And uh, yeah. I appreciate you. This is Sean Westerland. We are signing off from Connect with Wes with Asa Duval. Thank you all. And I'm so grateful that you gave us the time to share part of your day. And you saw value in this. Y'all have a good night.